0: pro wrestling reflection podcast with your host the professor chalbero vera cruz yeah, what a run. mr wonderful tommy wonder and i will take the powers of those that have no fear and the prodigal one jb the yeah, queen. the Queen of the crop now it's time to go back in time in the time machine no!
1: The green master two sweet the living legend Bruno San Martino Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass But be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! look at this he's don't believe it
0: reflection nights what is going on there to the magnificent seven the elite eight the 99 the terrific 10 the essential 11. you know we had to take a little break it's not like you know if you look at the date on the calendar it was thanksgiving holiday week you know you expect the reflection to be on during thanksgiving holiday week no because we hungry as a mother trucker man we wanted to eat our turkeys our sweet potatoes our pumpkin pies, our stuffings, our mashed potatoes, macaroni salads. I'm already getting hungry right now saying what I'm saying right now. So, you know, if you got to play for the professor, DM me. Slide in the DMs. I want to play the food. Yes, T.W., I want food only. I don't want nothing else. Nothing else but food. Candy rice. Over- Candy candy rain? No, candy yams. That's what I want. <laughs> but anyway, neither here nor there, but shout-outs to all the Reflection eyes. You know, happy belated Thanksgiving all that. To the TN Couponers. To the Don of Destructions. To the Philip Scott Wood. To the you know, 8-Track Blacks. To the John McEugans. To the Phil Schmicknicks. You know who you are. To the, to the little... Crenda de la the YouTube people that kind of like, you know, fester in here and there who listen, who sees us looking all so glorious on the video streams, we th- we say happy belated Thanksgiving. But anyway, this is your friendly neighborhood professor Chepa Cruz welcoming you to another episodic episode of the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at poverty.com and also at the PwC Networks. At shout Shoutouts to Jimmy T. Shoutouts to Chris Hambones. Shout outs to Jeff Liffman, Steve Pena, and the crew out at the PwC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. But, you know, I don't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I, can do this alone. I can do this alone. I can do this in my sleep, but I need somebody to feed off of. I need some feedback. I need a differing opinion. And, of course, I got the best guy in the business feedback off from, to feed off from, to give a different opinion, or even to give the same opinion and expound on it. He is your friend and mine, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, the man with the iron stomach, from the dum-dum duo and the idiot, Mr. Wonderful Tommy Strong, aka THE Tommy Wonder. Again, happy belated Thanksgiving to you. Happy Before- Turkey Day. And before you go on your spiels about how successful the dum-dum doing and, and an idiot was with your Detroit Red Wing star, you can give a little bit of a tidbits of what happened, you know, any uh pros and cons, any like flips and dips or whatever. I know you ate it. You didn't throw up. You was so, it was so successful, everybody was going crazy over that. But anyway, I just wanted. Because this episode, I dedicated this to you. This is why I'm so thankful that you have been my ride or die buddy here on the PWR Podcast. You have been crying. You have been bitching and moaning about, you know, my NXT. My NXT, it's gone. What happened to my NXT? It's turning to this, like, uh, effeminate NXT 2.0. The colors, they suck in all this stuff. I thought of you when I did this episode, and before Tommy Wonder goes on to spill his diatribe of everything that happened for the past week. This episode, this episodic episode, we are going back. Now, in the T-Volt's uh, throwback uh, formula, I always say 10 years and above is considered a throwback. So this happened in November of 2009. So it is in the cusp of a throwback. We are doing FCW, a.k.a. Florida Championship Wrestling. We are doing the developmental territories of the WWE. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But, T.W., what happened to your NXT? I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, but what happened to your NXT? Your NXT is gone. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a present. I wanted to give you a little bit of a, you know, the stuffing, the the cranberries and and the big turkey stuffing leftovers of FCW. Oh, he took off the glasses, Reflection night. This is serious business.
1: I have not watched NXT in about two or three weeks. So much so that I had to ask you if it was old versus new blood for war games, and it is. And I will mm-hmm. say this. A lot of people are like, well, I think you were the one who said those war games has no war in it. And I disagree. What they did here, and it had to be different. Because you don't have factions, <laughs> They release them all. So you don't have Pete's, the MVPs, which with, which is with the undisputed era. That's what that's what you don't have of Pete, Pete Dunn and um, who's the other guy on that Gargano or some? No, 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 no. Gargano and um, Carmelo had heat. Mm-hmm. Brock Bron, Bronson, whatever the hell his name is, yeah. and Bron had heat. Bron mm-hmm. Breaker, Eli Drake, and um, that Australian dude in the basketball shorts have heat. It's that fourth guy and Pete Dunn don't really have anything. So, mm-hmm. you almost need to put O'Reilly in there and Pete Dunn, but the problem is they're both veterans. They're not, you know, you gotta throw a new guy in there. And for all I know, he does have heat with a new guy. I haven't watched it, but I actually like that they're doing it, because what they're obviously gonna do, Gargano and Champa are faces, Dunn and um, Eli are Eli, L.A. night or heels. Uh, the other team, Carmelo's a heel, um, bronze a tweener, uh, that Graham Nash or whatever the hell his name is, he's a face. So you're going to have fighting amongst them. So at some point, you're going to have two guys on the same team in the cage against one guy on the other team. So you could actually, this is one, look at am booking this in my head as we talk about it. You could actually do the coin toss. Where the baby face doesn't have has the advantage the baby fa- you know because they're heels and faces, mm-hmm. the team with gargano, let's say, but then they fight each other so the advantage is lost because it's heel face on both sides, so it actually puts a new dynamic to it. Um, it almost feels like elimination chamber, but you're a team uh, okay and that's what they maybe should have done was made it war games where each guy can get eliminated survivor series style, like not by your own teammate, but by you know, instead yeah. of one guy loses and it's over, all four have to be eliminated because then you can have Eli or Pete Dunn do something to Ciampa Ch- to make them lose. And then that starts a program with them when they leave there. So, but well, I, I don't keep the, same keep, place, keep, man.
0: Keep, keep the train of thought, you know, everybody, I think for myself. Let's not talk about NXT. I mean, even for war games, I think everybody wanted war games to be part of Survivor Series. This would have been the ultimate, you know, match of survival if they did it right. And WWE has never did it right. They gave it to NXT. At this
1: point, NXT, oh, you meant before they gave it to NXT.
0: Right. Uh, That's what I'm just saying. Before before NXT was a thing, Survivor, you know, war games should have been with, you know, war games should have been with Survivor Series. That's
1: just. Should have been with WWE. Well, it, again, you could have made it. elimination chamber war games like whatever. It's a different thing, but it's still that one year. Yeah, they did that one year the first year, but neither here nor there. But but, but here's the deal okay. just to put a pin in it because we go back into the time machine to go pre NXT to SCW December 5th tonight if you're listening to this on the day it drops hmm is NXT 2.0 I still hate saying that <laughs> it's their sink or swim time because if I watch it and I'm entertained the girls' version, the guys' version, I don't even know what other matches are on it. Mm-hmm. I will keep watching it or start watching it again or just be done for good. And, and, and uh, this past week's episode, I literally thought, I'm like, okay, the writing's on the wall. Riley's gone because he's not on the team. But O'Reilly and that big giant dude who I thought was on Raw is Adam Cole's bodyguard. I thought he was already called up. So I thought O'Reilly is just a matter of time before he ends up at AEW. Yeah, you know, again,
0: NXT is in this state of flux. We have to be honest with that because we, we don't know the direction that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchett want to go to. But since we are going back and forth because we're going to talk about Florida Championship Wrestling... T.W., let me ask you this, because I want to say a statement here. This is just the professor being the most objective man in the IWC, because you know how I am, because I don't don't shill for nobody. I don't shill for WWE. I don't shill for AEW. I don't shill for nothing. So I did like NXT. You know, I went to the takeovers in Brooklyn for, you know, like four years straight. I was having a ball with the presentation of NXT. But T.W., I, I think... NXT 2.0 reminded me that there's this one thing that WWE has to do. And they didn't, you know, if you haven't watched the Peacock, if you haven't subscribed to the Peacock Reflection, they have something called the Ruthless Aggression Season 2. And one of the episodes they had was, was a kind of like a Futures episode, you know, stocking for the future t- TW. They were talking about the OVW people like the, the John Cena's, the Batista's, the Lesnar's, the Shelton Benjamins, showing that core. Now, the one thing that I liked about NXT was that it was on the WWE Network. It was for a smaller, hardcore audience, but it still was a small audience. Let's just say it was like 15% of the main audience, you know, that main demographic. You, you kind of have a buzz for somebody, and it felt bigger when they made, it, when they made the jump to, to the main stage, to the Raw or SmackDown. The problem with NXT 2.0 is that it's on the USA Network. The problem, even though it's still a smaller ratings, and I'm being real here, Reflection. You know, they they get like 500,000, whatever. It's still a small chunk. It's a small percentage. But seeing these guys and gals on the USA Network TW, and then if I, you know, in, in let's say six months, you see them on Raw or SmackDown, you know, the Braun Breakers, the, the, the Von Wagners, the... Raquel Gonzalez's the Dakota Kai's it doesn't feel bigger and the reason I'm thinking about it's that because, yeah it's too lateral because look at look at it from 20 years ago TW Brock Lesnar did a dark no, just match. look at the shield yeah the, the shield I, I guess 10 years just... ago right you didn't know who they were you had a buzz you, you probably read the dirt she's like these guys are in FCW these guys are in NXT and they're gonna make an appearance, but if I see these, you know, this is the problem of watching every WWE programming on USA Network. If you follow this, then a Braun Breaker, Rick Rick Steiner's son, who has all the charisma in the world, all the untapped untapped potential in the world. If he goes to Raw, shit, I, I don't, I don't care, right. and, and and you know, for someone. One of the mainstays, like Johnny Gargano, who can be Daniel Bryan 2.0. I, I don't. I know you don't like the word 2.0, but I had to say it.
1: He could be I Daniel Bryan. Him the next, I called him the next Daniel Bryan if they play but he, him right, but they don't and, use him. And he could go to SmackDown. Will it be a big
0: deal? He's probably the last of them. Him and Champa are the last two big NXT stars to have some kind of pop. What say UTW about this? Because that's the that's the that's the difference. Because the OVW guys like Lesnar, Cena, Batista, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, you heard the the rumblings from the dirt sheets. You heard the rumblings from the Meltzer readers. But then when they get got on the main stage on main television, they had to build that rep. They had to
1: build that street cred, so to speak. Now which, this which is the. Did- What's the internet community doesn't understand that just because they like them doesn't mean everyone else knows who they are. That's why no, I know that. But it's going to be sink or swim. But here's something. Here's something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the last couple of weeks, a big deal has been Cody Rhodes throwing his belt into the audience and get thrown back at him. Right. Right. In that match is about five dudes. Mm-hmm. NXT stars when NXT ruled the world. You had Neville. Uh, Andrade, I think the FTR were -hmm. were they part of it? Yeah. Uh, And then that was it. it? Alistair Black. So there you go. Mm -hmm. There's four dudes right there. No, five dudes because one whole team is NXT. And then you look at it, and AEW fans aren't going to appreciate this, but I would say the AEW fans are the ones who watched NXT, and when all their guys got just spread out and thinned out and jobbed out or whatever, that's what made them long for something like AEW because it almost feels like AEW is where those NXT guys should graduate because it's the next step up as far as traveling. And even though I feel like they're in Chicago every other week, but you know, like NXT used to be just Florida every week. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then when it started getting hot and they were traveling and they sold out here, in Royal Oak in like five minutes, not a big building, but it still sold out in five minutes to the point where I couldn't go. And then COVID hit and messed that all up. So NXT might be a casualty of COVID, right? Because Mm -hmm. I would have thought it would have excelled because it was already in a smaller venue. So them wrestling in front of a few people was old hat, you know, like, it was weird
0: watching uh, Raw and SmackDown. but TW. Yeah. A, a lot of people say within the IWC YWC that AEW is being run the, in the vision the way NXT was supposed to expand itself.
1: Right. So right. that's right. what it. Everything is right. even even not graduating. It's just the presentation. Because yeah, if COVID doesn't happen, NXT might be the one that's making the the way AWA is is the alternative because people did view it as something different, and that's why it was funny to me. When it came out that Vince was going to be running it, and everyone lost their shit, and then it turns out Vince was always running it. That's that's where you just, like, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like, he always had a hand in it, but it was always sold to you like it was Triple H's baby. Triple H had to fight. To, I know this personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He had to fight to get Rhino there because when they first started it, he kept telling Vince he wanted to sign... Remember how they brought back Shelton Benjamin and all those guys when they first did the brand split because they needed more bodies on Raw and mm-hmm. SmackDown because right. they thinned them out by putting, you know, when they because remember they went away from it and it went back to it, mm-hmm. so that's what he wanted to do with NXT. He wanted to bring in guys who people knew who they were, but also so when they started going on the road, someone could show them the way. And and Triple H fought and fought and fought for Rhino. Until he finally got him. So I know for a fact. That if Triple H was running it. Rhino would have been there already. But he literally had to get Vince McMahon. Because I don't know if you know the story. But Vince was never bringing Rhino back again ever. Because there's something that happened in Anaheim. During a Wrestlemania. Uh, you know whatever. That's for the dirt mm. sheets. But, but anyway. Politics. And he finally. He fi- no it was, <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> it was right after the USC people destroyed the hotel room. And it went like viral. Before viral was a thing. And. Mm-hmm they kept reporting them as WWE wrestlers and Vince was like, that's not us. And then something happened with them. Then everyone's right. like, it is. <laughs> so, <but laughs> anyways, uh, anyway, so, so I, I, I'll tell you what, this is going to sound funny too. The way the, the scenery is on NXT 2.0. It's almost like, they made it a Peacock show, like the colors and everything. It should mm-hmm. be on Peacock, but I think one thing that would fix it for me immediately to the mm-hmm. point where I care a little bit more again, turn the lights off. I hate that. It's so loud and vibrant. I liked it when it was dark and gritty and they wrestled in those, especially when they first came back with fans from COVID where they were in the mass and the plexiglass and the fence, almost like that MCB underground stuff. Like I like that, that grittiness of it. Now, I don't know. It looks like preschool. I mean, I can't think of another word. Like, the the color spectrum, it just, it looks like preschool. Like, they're trying to attract little kids, but the funny thing is, it's the one with the more vulgar language and the more innuendo and all that kind of stuff, Mm because I still feel like they're trying to cater to AEW fans because they do all that stuff on there with the innuendo and the cussing and stuff that they, which they're starting to do it on Raw and SmackDown, too. I watched Survivor Series. I did not. I haven't watched Raw or... I watched Raw this past week, where AJ was blind. I watched that. And, uh, <laughs> okay. But uh, I just, I- I'm a man without a show right now. <laughs> and the more Adam Cole comes out with the Young Bucks, though, the further away he gets from me. But I found out today, right before we started recording, the Elite Number 92 series edition of Adam Cole. Not only are they still making it, it's coming out in February, they're making two He's in his black tights, and then the chase to match the other three guys' camouflage gear.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, well, one thing—don't worry about Adam Cole because when O'Reilly comes to AEW and you got Bobby Fish there in AEW, the you know the undisputed elite will be there. Gargano will be. I don't well. Well, Gargano will be a great replacement for Roddy Strong, so that you know they could be a
1: good. I thought they were the same person when I first started watching NXT. Oh, see, that's the problem. Legit, if, if Legit. they all look they were the same guy if they the, all look the same. Oh, so that's
0: that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but again, TW, it, it it correlates with what we're gonna do here with FCW from uh, you know November two thousand nine because WWE's developmental system, to me, in its greatest heydays, was with Jim Cornette and OVW because it was what. And Les us Danny Davis. So, you know, reflection eyes. I, I want to say this first before we even talk about FCW because I'm not, I'm not going to try to clown on FCW. I understand, the, you know, how the, uh, the corporation TW always wants to put its hand in the cookie jar. But sometimes people like Jim Cornette who love to develop young talent let him do what he loves to do when he sees that young talent and development and you again I, I keep going they go back to the to the greatest OVW class of people when you got Cena <laughs> Batista Lesnar or Randy Orton Shelton Benjamin TW I mean when you got a stock class of of guys and and then Mickey James came from OVW Beth Phoenix came from OVW this was Jim Cornette you know nurturing untapped potential. And the greatest advantage of this untapped potential is it was a localized market. And like you said, TW, NXT 1.0 was in a localized market in Florida. It was the same fans going into full sale, mostly week in and week out. So, you know, it's like that. It's like those ECW fans going into the ECW arena. You grew up with them. You're, you know, you're in, it's an intimate setting between the fan and the wrestlers. But, again, to me, the presentation needs to be localized, T.W. Do you agree with that assessment? Because I don't see NXT 2.0. Again, I don't even see NXT 2.0 even lasting for one more season on USA Network before it moves suddenly to the peacock. To peacock. Yeah, that, that's the I, way I, I see would it. Ag-
1: I would agree because it's it, pro- like- it protects the wrestlers from all the. But think about not, it that way. But not only that, but if you're going to be in the same place every week, right? Mm-hmm. Why would people go there? They could just watch it on T V for free on USA Network, right? Like like mm-hmm. it's it's there's something about being there for sure. I think it's being in that college that it's probably free or at least cheap to the students or whatever. No, um, this is at the P C. This is not full sale anymore. They're they're at the PC.
0: They re, re, they renovated it oh, to have fans.
1: I, I thought it was still full sale because what's mm. this dude just got his masters there. Um so anyways. I think your diehards are still going to go there, but you put it on the Peacock. It's almost like TV destroyed the Indies. TV destroyed NXT. I even before they went to this 2.0, me and you, you know, had some issues with them being a two-hour show because, you know, you. So Dynamite. I'm not picking on them, but I'm going to give you an example. It's a two-hour mm-hmm. show, and then there's Rampage, and both of them, CM Punk is on both of them all day, all night with two differences he wrestles on rampage but he t- tv commentates on dynamite then they well, have bef- his before match now dynamite, they're trying right, they're trying to switch right. that now so they at least made it different like if you want to watch him wrestle you got to watch rampage but if you want to hear him talk you got to have him then he's just mm-hmm. doing both on both but but when you have a two-hour show and you have a stacked roster like aew and i still feel like i see the same six guys on it every time i turn it on That's not Mm -hmm. good. And that's what I liked about NXT with one hour is there was weeks there was no Adam Cole. There were weeks there was no Gargano. And I was like, damn, those are my dudes. Uh, You know, luckily there wasn't weeks where both of them weren't there. It would be one or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Ciampa got hurt. And Ciampa grew on me a lot, right? Like I liked DIY. I didn't really like him when he first turned on. Gargano, but they ended up having I think they won feud of the year. They ended up having a pretty good run before Ciampa got hurt. And that led to Adam Cole and Gargano having their little run. Um uh, which I'm glad Gargano won the belt first because then when Adam Cole won it, it wasn't tainted like it was for Gargano. But I was there when I was there when Gargano won the belt. That nice, takeover. That's nice. I, I am jealous. So mm-hmm. so when it's only on for an hour, that does another thing. It makes that two hour takeover that much better now takeovers are just another week really it's not even Mm -hmm. but but getting back to the nxt uh war games it's a pay-per-view on a sunday night i i'm excited for that because i feel like this could be the time where they do something different like the look of it's going to be different and then Mm -hmm. the weekly show can be that freaking peacock network looking thing but maybe war games is darker because it's a pay-per-view or it's just going to look like another version of the tv show and it should be Three hours if it's on Sunday night, right, instead of two, which should might be. be even more too much. I, like, I think it should go back to one hour, like this FCW show, and then two hours for the takeovers on a different night. Mm-hmm. It, it should. I agree with you 100%. And localize, like you said, and maybe even do this. Like, it's been in the news the news to these wrestling journalists on Facebook, Uh, Mm -hmm. WWE ticket sales are are lagging. So they're offering two for ones and three for ones. I personally don't believe the three for ones part two for ones. I do, but I also think it's probably because of black Friday because I just bought two red wing tickets for next Tuesday's game because they were two for one. And so Mm -hmm. everyone was doing two for one this past, whatever. So, but, but it doesn't jive with the fact that WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas and a hundred thousand people are going to be there. And they're all going to buy tickets, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I can see people not going to house shows, but Raw, SmackDown, and, and pay per views are always going to draw at least a sellout. I think I would think, I know or ninety percent, or ninety percent capacity. 90%. So <laughs> you take you take um, NXT and you make the the weekly TV show every week in that performance center, and then Takeover is going to be the thing that travels. Like have it in Chicago, have it in New York, kind of yeah, like it did. Mm-hmm. That's I the problem. They should do that, and then that way you can. It's almost like going back to square one. You got your grassroots following over there by the performance center, but then you'll see. Okay, how much is the rest of the country taking to this? Let's try put them at the the Hammerstein Ball, or let's let's put them in Chicago's small arena that AEW runs every two weeks. Let's put them. I'm just kidding. But uh, no. But that's I mean, really too slow if it goes to something bigger again, Professor, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But I would want it to have nothing to do with Raw or SmackDown
0: with the formula of being in the same in the same place week in and week out. You know, I can go I can even use the TNA Impact Wrestling because they were at Universal Studios week in, week out, even if if even if it wasn't live. 90% Ninety percent of their shows were from that, you know, Universal Studios. So you couldn't. You had a maybe a localized fan base that With went the there religiously, but when they traveled, you know, does it play well in, in in Dallas? Does it play well in Chicago? Does it play well in New York? And sometimes some of these wrestlers don't gravitate to the mainstream audience, and that's the thing that NXT. Hello, NXT call ups. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, it's yeah. booking, and then really, there's no investment, and that's my pro- that's my fear with these new school guys. I don't have a fear with Gargano. Like I said, I think I'm comfortable with Gargano and Champa being the only guys left to get a pop for going to Raw and that Because to me, my attitude would be like, God damn, it's been too long. They they got right. they deserve it. But right. then with someone like Braun
1: Breaker or what's his name, Joey Gacy, I don't care. Joe, G- Joe I, I think Carmelo's it. destined to go there, you know. And the fear would be he'd be Ricochet 2.0, but he might go there and be, you know. But but Carmelo's a great example of
0: eh, okay, he's in SmackDown. Okay, so what? I, I mean, I wanna I wanna be invested, but that's the problem. I think sometimes you gotta scale back with your untapped potential talent. Don't put him on the main USA Network. Whether, no matter what reflection I have. Against Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, they NXT got paid millions of dollars from USA Network to be put on there, and I'm you and I are in the same boat. You're gonna keep pay me money to put my product there. I'm taking your money and I'm right. putting my product there. But the problem is, your guys and gals who are untapped potential are not ready for prime time. You know, right. this is
1: not Saturday Night Live. Not ready for prime Which time. Which is why we're grabbing indie guys that knew what they were
0: doing. Right. Indie got with a name and a rep. That's the thing. Who's Big Swole? Big Swole is Cedric Alexander's uh, wife. What, what's her name? I don't know her real name, but it's just she she's That's the, her
1: name on AEW is Big Swole.
0: Yeah, Big Swole. Is she that muscular girl? Mm-hmm. Muscular African American. She was chair. on NXT. She was I, on NXT before? maybe she did the mae young classic i can't confirm on, on that she, well
1: there's there's a couple i know jade whatever cargill Rachel. she's skinnier and taller right mm-hmm and With then the blonde hair like velvet or some shit.
0: yes small small in stature
1: but that, that one she's more like jazz but like hot not i don't
0: know about hot but you know jazz I face.
1: face i mean she's got more of a, a the jazz body feminine yes. muscular body like yeah. jazz was huge Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I know this. You wear red a lot. Yeah, no. Maybe I
0: don't know
1: red, no, no. I'm
0: a go- Googler. Yeah. Go- Google her while while we're doing this.
1: But now, Reflection Eyes.
0: Since my diatribe, I'm trying to give you a little bit of a difference of what you know the good old days, the developmental is with like Jim Cornette and OVW uh, again. What you don't believe? You don't. That's agree not with who me? I thought she was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. Reality hit hard, Reflection ice. But anyway corporate corporate the the corporate structure of the wwe being a publicly traded company wanted to get its hands in the cookie jar and mess with jimmy jimmy cornett and ovw and then they turned to steve kern who was who wanted to like nestle into the who was still in florida and had his own school his own factory reflection ice and then the florida championship wrestling you know bubble started being created there this was at least two year, two or three years before the triple h envision nxt this was one year before the mince mcmahon's uh kevin dunn ridiculous nxt or wrestling got you know wrestling got talent whatever you want to say on the on the sci-fi network tw so i don't you know i'm trying to give a good logistical history here but anyway we're going to focus on fcw tw now you know again this is a this is a great example of a localized television. this is probably on the sunshine network on in Florida TW but there there are names here TW that we are, all can recognize there's people here we've recognized we've we've seen on the main roster they've had they've had a major impact here we're not going to do match by match reflection ice because some of the matches I fast forward them I didn't care about it but there's names here that you saw here and this is the attitude TW I would have had like I'm interested, you know, in a localized setting. I'm interested. Maybe let's see where it goes. It felt like a local show. Yeah, it was a local ECW show, a local TNA show, something like that. It was... It no, 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 us. no.
1: Local like indies. Like, you don't really know yeah. who these people are, but you're like, hey, let's check them out. Like, yeah. It's funny because we know who they are in hindsight, but there's a lot of people here with different names. Like, mm-hmm. similar, but when they get called up, their name is tweaked. Well, you know, one of the- Angel. Yes. Justin
0: Angel is the current FCW heavyweight champion. If you don't know who Justin Angel is, well, in NXT 1.0, well, or 0.5, or Vince McMahon's uh, Wrestlers Got Talent, he was Justin Gabriel from South Africa. Or now, if you follow the indie train and you follow him in Ring of Honor, he is PJ Black. He's a skydiving jumper, TW, so, you know, from the, from the jungles of Africa. But,
1: isn't he New Japan, too?
0: He might have did New Japan. He did, he did Lucha Underground. He did a lot of other stuff. So, you know, he, he's been around the world, TW, five times over. But, Justin Angel, as you said, or Justin Gabriel, we'll use Justin Gabriel for the NXT purposes or the WWE purposes, is the current FCW Heavyweight Champion. Now, I look at that, TW, that says to me that the office has big plans for Justin Gabriel, a.k.a. Justin Angel. If you're going to put the FCW title on someone like Justin Angel or Justin Gabriel TW, you expect him to do big things on Raw and SmackDown. But the funny thing is, in hindsight, the biggest thing he did was to be was auditioning for NXT. And he joined Nexus. He joined the first crop of the NXT people, which was himself, Wade Barrett, uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Uh, Ryback, Skip Sheffield, Michael Tarver. So he's got he Heath has Slater, a legs. man. Of course Heath Slater, but here is Heath Miller. So what and say you about it, uh,
1: wasn't McGillicuddy?
0: No, that was that was the, the second, second
1: class.
0: Yes, the second class. So what say you TW I mean before that we know in hindsight where he went into the Nexus thing, but when you have the belt on you, that's a different thing. I mean
1: plans must have changed. It's a test you... to see you know, what, what people, would he bring people to the building, really? I, I would assume, or or Buzz or whatever. Like, when I used to wrestle local shows, how I would know how I was doing, because you don't, you know, when you wrestle in the indie show, it's the same amount of people every show. So you don't really know whether or not they're coming for you, or they might mm-hmm. be coming back for you. But my friends would always tell me, like, yeah, at intermission, they would tell me the match that everybody was talking about at the restroom or the, the snack bar or whatever, So it was probably a feeler to see, like, um, what I want to know is, because early on I'm like, is that Wade Barrett doing commentary? Like, why is he doing commentary back then? And it's funny because 2009 did not feel like it's that long ago, but it's 12 years and literally from right now, 12 years ago, uh, and two weeks or three weeks. And you're just like, it's insane because the main event match is half almost everyone in that match was part of nexus right there was mm-hmm. no daniel bryan but um you had skip sheffield and he was new like it was like one of his first matches there and you're like 2009 isn't that right when the stuff happened but that stuff happened what 2010 or 11 give or take oh with the nexus stuff yeah, yeah. So it was 2010 yeah, 2010, so it's a year away. But Wade Barrett, and then they, they put a little heat with them because he's sitting there to do commentary for that main event match. Wade Barrett's like, what are you doing out here? This is mine. And and Brian Se- Byron Sexton is there. And it's like, it's cool to see all the people that did make it, and then you see other people you are like, okay, well, what happened to this guy? Like, I'm skipping around, I know, but, like, Jimmy Uso's there with some dude who looks like he – I'm like, is that Jay Uso with just short hair? But it wasn't. It was – and the dude had like a white guy name, but he was straight up Samoan. Donny Donnie Marlowe. Donnie Marlowe. Yeah, Marlo. That doesn't sound like a red-headed <laughs> white dude that's pale. I don't know what does. But uh that was that's from those those that's from the fans? suburbs.
0: That's the that's the suburbs of Samoa. See that's why he's got the Donnie Marlowe. Right. Next Friday. Next Friday. Yes. He's
1: the cousin. Mm-hmm. The Cucamonga Samoa <laughs> part.
0: But it is a good thing. I mean you you see these people, but TW, again, we're gonna go back and forth really religiously here reflection, because there's a lot of questions here, because you can ask yourself, T.W., who was a success? And one of the names that pop out here is actually the first match. A man, a young... Well, I don't know how young he was here. He must have been in his 30s, but, you know... Hey, he looked like Al- he was damn near 40 there. Alberto Banderas, which <laughs> you and I know as Alberto Del Rio. Now, here... Or El Patron. Or El Patron. Yes, that is true, T.W. So, you know, you got all the and names. Keep now you... Alberto? Like, the weakest part of all that is Alberto.
1: And so he keeps his... it for every one of them.
0: Well, probably that was his name in Mexico, too. Alberto Banderas. So, that was... Well, I don't think... Banderas was not his name in and Mexico. In Mexico,
1: he wore a mask. Actually, mm-hmm. UFC... Or not UFC, but MMA, he wore a mask. Yes. Yeah. But, uh... but you, you see
0: the maturation, as we say, of Alberto Banderas. And then... This is a great example of of something different because, like we talked about with Justin Gabriel being the FCW champion, and then you know we're kind of like questioning the direction of that guy. And I guess, but somebody paid attention to Alberto El Patron, aka Alberto Del Rio, aka Alberto Banderas. Of course, you know you're trying to make fun of Antonio Banderas, and then Alberto, you know, he was really—I don't, you know—again, he's Mexican, but he—he's a white meat babyface here. And it doesn't work. Tito. But he's Tito. <laughs> he's Tito. San- you, that is a great comparison. He's Tito's. He's SCW's Tito Santana here. And then in about a year or two, he becomes the Mexican Ted DiBiase. So what say you, T.W., about the maturation of Albert? I mean, if he debuted on I'll- Raw or SmackDown as Ab- Alberto Vanderas. He, here's a
1: perfect example of what you said 20 minutes ago. I had no idea who he was when he showed up on Raw. And then I looked into, or SmackDown, whatever it was, and I looked Mm -hmm. into him, and I was like, he's kind of a big deal. So I thought it was one of those things where they signed him, and he went right there, right? Right. I had no idea he was FCP or SCW. Uh, And so he was the first shock to see him. I wasn't shocked to see Wade Barrett. Shocked that he was commentating, but I wasn't shocked to see him. wasn't shocked to see PJ Black. I was shocked that Alberto... Del Rio came out in the first match and as almost an unknown. It was, <clears throat> it was his second match. I think mm-hmm. and he was, he was working Trent Beretta because the week before he beat, uh, Cro- the other guy. Yeah. yeah. The other guy, Kaelin yeah. Croft, Laura Croft.
0: Du- yeah. Laura Croft or the dude masters, <laughs> whatever that team name was supposed to be from FCW. But yeah. th- this is the example. Like you're saying, what I'm trying to say, reflection ice is the less you see them visibly on TV, the more interested you can be, or you can alter the character.
1: Like John Cena. John Cena, when he came out, nobody knew who the hell he was. He got in Kurt Angle's face and did the ruthless aggression deal. He was immediately one of my favorites because I I pop for cheap heat, and when you come out wearing the city's uh, sports team's colors, I notice. So – he mm-hmm. wrestled in Detroit with the red and white. He was in Boston with the green and, and white. He was in uh, New York with the New York Knicks colors. Blue and um, orange, yeah. Yeah, blue and orange. And so I pop for that. And it might be cheap heat, but he looked like a million bucks on top of it. You know, when he mm-hmm. wrestled, it was a little choppy or whatever. But, I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere. Uh, yeah. So you're right. Like so, But there is also something to say for when Adam Cole came out and beat Seth Rollins. I was pretty happy because Adam Cole is my boy. NXT's is my, my baby. So when he beat Seth Rollins at Survivor Series or whatever, wherever that was, Monday Night Raw, whatever it was, uh, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good because you, you, you're, it's like picking a sports team. NXT is my Red Wings. Raw is your Knicks, right? And then my Red okay. Wings came to your house and beat you in your house. So there's something to be said if they can build it up. But right now what you're saying, Brown Breaker's not big enough to feel that way if he beat somebody on SmackDown. And he mm-hmm. probably just beat another guy who two weeks ago was on NXT 2.0. So, yeah, it's a different animal now. So Yeah, the, yeah, a- the animal Gabriel shocked me. I knew those yeah. other two guys were developmental because he was only 22 years old there, uh, Trent Beretta, which makes mm-hmm. him 34 now, which is, that was surprising to me, that he was already 34. He's 22 there in 2009? Wow. He called himself the 22-year-old prodigy.
0: Oh okay. I didn't pay attention to that. See that's the one I I didn't pay attention to that. I, I when I saw Alberto Bandera. Right after I was that like, I fell asleep. No, I <laughs> you
1: fell asleep during AJ Lee.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. But who
1: did she wrestle? Because I thought that was Tiffany, the one that was with Drew that got the drunk driving and got fired and then she ended up in uh TNA. Well the name that she faced was Courtney, Courtney Taylor. Courtney Taylor. So but I not think it was ke- Tiffany.
0: I can't keep up with all the people that I can't, you know the <laughs> professor you know the the professor's log of of twenty uh, of the two thousand tens is a little bit murky right now, reflection eyes, But I will have to fix it and update it. But you know the professor's library from the eighties, the seventies, the sixties, and the nineties is still good. At early two thousands, but I want to want to retouch on Alberto Banderas because when you what you said was perfect, T, the the FCW's T.O. Santana, and I guess we have to ask that question, TW. If they kept Alberto Banderas as the WWE's next, the uh, 2010s uh, Tito Santana would have been a major flop. Would he have been featured endeavored in six months? let say UTW and then we'll move on. If they kept what, the name Banderas? If they kept the image and the character as maybe the, you know, the, the
1: 2010s as
0: the no, Tio Santana.
1: Done. done. As a matter of fact, wasn't his debut against Cena in one of them open challenges and he beat him for the belt? He won the U.S. title from Cena, like his first time coming out there.
0: No, that was his second time coming out.
1: It was the second.
0: Yeah. The first yeah. time, it, it was the vignettes of of him being rich and having the money yeah. and then Ricardo Rodriguez. And that was a good pairing. And they weren't yeah. even together in yeah, FCW. That That's-
1: way. He, and, you know, you said he was the DiBiase, but he was also JBL. So m- probably more so JBL because that Mexican – Gimmick stuff is also Texas gimmick stuff. Like DiBiase mm-hmm. didn't have the freaking stretch limo that JFK got popped in. You know, he had a, <laughs> for a Rolls Royce. You know what I mean? Like but he was, you rich know what and I rich. mean. Yeah, you you know, know what I, I mean. Just just the, just yeah, the comparison. No, obviously, JBL was a DiBiase too. That we all yeah. considered that. And mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, Grimes Cameron Grimes is like. Rags the riches DBC, so not not, you know, like But it proves but it proves wrestling is Gimmicks cyclical. Work. Gimmicks right. work
0: and if you do, if you give it to the right guy or gal, it can become a million bucks and make
1: Vince a lot of money.
0: And Courtney Taylor
1: of- does not come up in any search that mentions wrestling, FCW, or WWE. So I'm but guessing it, she didn't stick around long.
0: No, she had a different name when she went to the indies. That's what it is. So I guess she wasn't yeah, that, that important. That name
1: doesn't come up at all.
0: Oh, okay. But Florida I
1: Championship th- Wrestling, is that what that was called?
0: Mm-hmm. Florida Championship. So speaking of, of Courtney Taylor, she fought another up-and-coming starlet, up-and-coming diva, Reflectionites, it is AJ Lee, you know the spunky young lady from New Jersey, you know from the professor's Bombay area of New Jersey. TW, and of course we know in hindsight what she did in on the main stage. We would call it a successful uh, career in the WWE. She, you know, she mixed it up with uh, Dolph. She had programs with Dolph Ziggler, uh, Big E, John Cena, and then of course she was a, a multiple-time Divas Champion. And, you know, she she fought against Paige and stuff like that, T.W. So A.J. Lee, you know, when you look at the character, the spunky character, we could see, I think I, you and I can see what Vince McMahon sees. A spunky young lady who can offer a variation to what the Divas is. You know, some of them are TNA, some of them are for the looks in the show. But then you have someone like A.J. Lee with the look of someone who just wants to wrestle. And, you know, Vince McMahon was trying to, like, give, you know, give and take with, you know, the puppies, the puppy people, and, of course, the wrestling people. You know, like, you know, the professor did love the TNA, you know, women's wrestling with Gail Kim and Austin awesome Kong and stuff like that. And this is 2019 T.W., so Vince McMahon was paying attention to TNA and what they were doing with the women's wrestling. But Vince McMahon said, I have to at least get the some of the people, the puppies, you know, the puppy power and then kind of mixture it in with some females that can go like Beth Phoenix, Victoria, Mickey James, and stuff like that. What say you about? Did you see the potential in AJ Lee, or you were just shocked that she just became that
1: successful? It, I am shocked that she became that successful. She did have that cute, all shucks look to her, but in 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 a she, God, I'm gonna pick on my own favorite guy. She's like even smaller version of Adam Cole to the women than Adam Cole <laughs> is to. The, no, I'm serious. Like, she should have been broken in half, right? Oh, my God. Um, so there's a couple girls on NXT that remind me of a- AJ Lee. Wait, wait, got, wait, wait. One wait, one wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold
0: <laughs> on. Reflection, I Don't hate me, but if you want to hit, hit at me, Adam Cole's got to look up to AJ Lee. <laughs> That's how small he is. <laughs> Go ahead, T.W., am sorry. It, it just came but into
1: the brain. That girl, the the American Ninja Warrior girl, K- Casey Cass- Castanato or whatever. Casey Kentonero, uh,
0: Rick girl, ex-girlfriend.
1: She is tiny like A.J. Lee, but but she's ten times the athlete. Like, she, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think she even has more charisma, but it's almost – forced, whereas A.J. Lee didn't do much of nothing but wink and nod, but it's because she dressed like Raven, you know what I mean? That's what I think got her over, is the okay. whole punk rock. She was Avril Lavigne, is what she was. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's another girl there now who's feuding with Mandy Rose that's tiny like that. And it's like, the reality is we've all been to high school. That little girl right there, the hot girl that everybody wants to put it to, is the one that gets beat up by the girl with a little meat on her bones just for mm-hmm. being hot. You know, I mean? right. but also because she can, because she's tiny. So yeah, it 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 did, like she made Paige look big. And mm-hmm. when Paige came out, didn't Paige beat her? she belt? beat her up. She beat her up a couple of weeks during Raw,
0: and then AJ Lee got her payoff win against uh Paige when but she Paige left won the WWE. The belt
1: from her on her first night while still NXT women. No, no, no,
0: no. Pa- Paige won the belt her first night. Damn, I forget the the history of that. One. It was somebody else.
1: So she, was she was still nxc champion when she won the divas title it no, maybe, maybe maybe you're right I mean, maybe it was AJ.
0: maybe you're right it's aj you know i'm trying to remember the fighting with my family that the spot where she she debuted and she, maybe it was aj Lee because tia trinidad aka uh, selena vega played her part in in the mm-hmm. movie so another go
1: tiny ahead. one yeah another tiny one. one so it could have it could have been aj lee you're right go ahead tw but no, I mean she just she's so small that you just like. And by the way, that Courtney Taylor, she went on to become a many different names. She was Daisy, and then Wesley Holiday. She mm-hmm. ended up becoming an ECW ring uh, interviewer. That's what she ended up becoming. She didn't even wrestle after yeah. so long. Oh, the
0: uh, WWE, ECW. That's why I yeah, don't WWE, ECW. That, 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 then no. she
1: got replaced by uh, Alicia Young or whatever. Whatever. Then, but she posed for Playboy, Girls Are Hooter, two thousand eight. Oh, cool. Uh, at least she's she, she
0: she not so tall. That's what it is. Not so tall. But, uh, cool. you know, let, let's put a a ribbon on AJ Lee. You know what she is now. She is one of the, um, I guess, the pillars of wow. Women of wrestling along with herself and Tessa Blanchard. When that becomes a thing in 2022 reflection. night. So if you want to keep up with AJ Lee, she's an executive producer, for women of wrestling, so she's gonna, you know, she's gonna be scouting talent. TW, so she's got the the fire. I think what Brenda. made her, I think what makes her successful, TW, in hindsight, in in comparison to Casey Catanero, as you said, that she's more, you know, Casey's more athletic because she's the American Ninja Warrior. But I think AJ has the passion. I think you can see she she was a fan when she began, right. You know, exactly. and she cried when she met her heroes like Lita and Trish Stratus, you know, and, and she persevered. She probably made a hot dog. You know, she didn't make that, you know, she didn't make that money. You know, the hot dog in a handshake like you did, you know, grinding and hustling <laughs> her way into the WWE. So I think the pat. I think she has more passion than Casey. And of course, in, re- in, re- in hindsight too, you know, the, the relationship she has with her husband, her current husband, CM Punk. I know you don't like CM Punk. I think they're a match made in heaven because they both have the passion for wrestling. Even though if you don't like CM Punk, I respect that, TW. But they both have a passion they're for the special same wrestling. Yeah, that. But maybe <laughs> maybe CM Punk maybe. has
1: to look up to AJ Lee. Yeah, I know.
0: knew you was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> but. You gotta you gotta give the devil its due. They both have a passion for wrestling and I think I don't see it with Casey. So that's
1: that's just me. If you agree or disagree, but I No, think- no, 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 hundred percent. Huh that's that's what's missing with her, for mm-hmm. sure. But I'm saying size, look. She has everything AJ Lee has and then some because she's a better athlete, even though they tried to say AJ Lee was one of the best athletes in wrestling when she was there. They say that about someone every fucking three weeks, but but Yeah, Casey didn't grow up wanting to do this, and it shows. John Cena did, Bill Goldberg didn't. You can see the difference, right? They're Mm -hmm. both green as grass when they start. One got better, one is still the same. And it's because one of them, it's a paycheck, one of them, it's a passion. So I absolutely agree with that. And this this young girl that's with Mandy Rose, she looks like she probably grew up a fan. You know, Wrestling, Mm -hmm. right now, girls the age of... Uh, and and Castell, she's so caught up in that Ninja Warriors. I guarantee you, she was a gymnastics girl. Um, she probably, she probably had no time to watch wrestling. Whereas some of these other Mickey James, even depending on where you grow up. But my point is, NWO Attitude Era. It wasn't just young boys watching wrestling anymore. There's, it was college dorms. It was, it was. 22-year-olds, 21-year-olds getting together, having parties on Monday night, and girls would come to that, too. So there's a lot of girls from that time frame who grew up that maybe want to be wrestlers now who are 17, 18, 19 in high school, and now Bailey. they're 30. Bailey, and, Sasha Banks,
0: great yeah, yeah. example. And now that.
1: they're 30, and they busted their ass for – you. Know, it's, my, those are two girls right there who um, – I don't know if I've ever told you this. You kind of look like them a little bit, but uh, – Zima Aya, Z- mm-hmm. Z- Z- whatever, I don't know what his. is, he's got a sweet wrestling figure coming out too, half his face is painted, but like, like <laughs> Most but anyways, that guy watching him on that Ring of Honor documentary, where they're, where he meets Jim Cornette, and he ends up making it to Impact, remember, and he got hurt really, really bad there, but mm-hmm. when I watch stories, he's one of them, uh, Bailey and and Sasha are either on one of those, Lead up to WrestleMania documentaries or whatever. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. It's a short before they were stars, is what it was. They did one with Seth. They did one with Bailey. They did one with Sasha Banks. That's mm-hmm. what makes me invest in them. I, I like stuff like that, and I haven't watched a lot of that stuff on the network since it went to Peacock. Admittedly, I think if I started watching that stuff, I can't stand Seth Rollins. I don't. I don't know if it's the beard. I, I thought I hated him when he had the uh, blonde patch of hair and he liked Cruella DeVille. Um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think him, the person, very likable. Very likable. Colby Cole
0: Lopez is likable. Seth Rollins is a right. And mine and, and Travis' his
1: buddy, Travis's tag team partner, trained him. And I've actually seen da- Little Dan. You know who Little Dan is because you're an ECW fan. He was Danny Daniels, the referee. He was mm-hmm. Devin Daniels when we wrestled with him. But he he work, he has uh, Steel City Wrestling. It's in Chicago, and and Seth went to his school living in Iowa. He went to Danny's school. But I want to like him for Danny, right? My you know our buddy trained a guy who went on to beat Brock Lesnar in the opening match of WrestleMania to win the title and be called mm-hmm. the Beast Slayer. But uh, right. But something about his character now. Then you have Sami Zayn, who I don't like at all, as a human being or as a wrestling character, and he's only gotten worse, if you ask me. Um, but, 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 anyways, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But I don't when know. you watch stuff like this, I think this would help NXT or FCW, or whatever. This is—I I can't believe I'm bringing this up right away. The very first thing on this show is when when Alberto comes out, they do the old school WWE Superstars picture-in-picture. Where they cut promos on their way to the ring, and mm-hmm. I was like, "That's what's missing now—like to give people their color, their personality, and, and all that." And now they rely too much on in-ring uh, interactions or backstage funny stuff or whatever. Just or a video or video montages track. or I video, like video montages. montages like vignettes. No, but some come of on. them don't look authentic. Were you excited for Razor Ramon when he finally debuted? Because you loved them damn vignettes that he did leading up to it. That was good no, stuff. No, no vignettes and video montages are
0: very different especially from back in the days to now these video no. montages look too forced yeah. into and in, in, in no development because i don't know what what is going on here
1: because sometimes i did i did that i watched that Monday mm-hmm. Night Rawha watched they did a video montage of bobby Lashley, and mm-hmm. i it was not lost on me that almost every person taking a bump was was keith lee john morrison um <laughs> Well, you know, name like, a guy that got released, uh, The Fiend. I think he mm-hmm. bumped The Fiend. Name a guy that got released, Braun Strowman, Body Slamming Big Show, back ECW stuff. It was like mm-hmm. every guy he pummeled was either released or in AEW now. And then, yeah. by the way, Ted Tip to my old buddy who would re- he would know who I was if we saw him in person, but he just big times me ever since he, he big time. But Edge, when he, he spoke up for Miz. I, I had nothing. I knew it was going to come up. I love how he addressed it. You're on someone's mind for someone to mention your name to get a cheap pop. And I thought that's exactly what that was. And it was a shot at a guy who couldn't be a nicer dude in real life. Think I told you my story about Survivor Series 05? Mm, Nobody course. talked to the Miz. Nobody. It was like mm. he was a... Ms. fit for real like no one and i talked to him because my ex-wife was a huge road rules fan and that dude in 2005 told me he's not doing road rules in real world anymore because he wants to focus on wrestling and give it his all it was 16 years ago there's never been a time where he was not in the wwe since so the guys that take shots at him like that it's it's low-hanging fruit man it's absolutely mm-hmm. the funniest thing about that guy is he'll be the first guy to tell you he ain't tough that he's absolutely certain you would kick his ass if you got in a fight and that's cool like he just 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 an absolute gem of a human being and i love that edge did that in a promo where they're healing on each other it was he still defending. i just thought it was very very well done i saw someone ask the question on the the hustle page and you took uh a tie. He said it was a push and it was cause they're, t- they're apples and oranges. But yeah, but for me personally, I, I, I love that he defended them like that. I, I'm not in the, I'm not
0: in the, uh, in the mood to like compare, you know what I mean? Right. It's apples I and oranges. Com- Yeah. I don't compare promos. I can't say which one is better cause it doesn't matter. I say I judge a promo by where the direction of the, of the two people are going with it. Right. Then that pro- promo means something. And again, MJF and uh,
1: CM Punk, that promo was good. But again, you know, some I'll people bet you say- when I finally watch it, it won't be as good as everyone says it is to me. It no, won't be. I mean, It'll be typical. Like, I watched that Eddie Kingston and, and, pro- and Punk promo. I felt like a lot of it was legit heat. Uh, mm-hmm. But my buddy Dennis in L.A. was like, dude, are you giving Eddie Kingston lines? Because he's literally saying the shit that you say about him to him. And I guess what? what the, oh, and then when MJF. But he texts me and goes, dude, MJF just said to him, I don't know how you can be straight edge and look like a meth addict. I say that to my buddy all the time. Literally word for word, I mm-hmm. say to him. I'm like, he's straight edge, but he looks like a meth addict. You tell me how that's possible. So he, he's he's uh, he's uh, shadowing
0: your Twitter or he's shadowing your Facebook. You never know. Or text,
1: because it's just in text that I'm saying this stuff.
0: That that too. It, big, big brother
1: is Zuckerberg.
0: Yes, he is. So let's get into some FCW here, TW. And, and, and a segment that I was I kind of found funny that was on ECW WWECW. So you know, Vince McMahon was uh was amused by this segment. The Abraham Washington show. I know you don't like it. I just wanted to point it out, but it was funny because Abraham Washington here is the FCW commissioner or general manager. And the, the lady is Katrina from Lucha Underground, if you didn't know who she was. I didn't know. Or Carly Perez, but everybody knows her as, as Karina, Katrina from uh, Lucha Underground, and she's now in MLW. So I don't know the other lady, but it didn't matter to me. But what was missing from Abraham
1: Dude, Washington is was Oksana. Well, that's Oksana? Okay. Dude, smoking hot as a blonde, horrible looking as a dark haired girl. What a different. And when what she came di- out, Wade Bear goes, oh, my gosh, she looks like Pam Anderson. I'm like, she does, like, spot on look like Pam Anderson. And then talked like she never learned to speak words in her life until that day. It was terrible. Not even she, broken she, she, English. It was just not even made sense.
0: Well, Oksana, wherever she was, she was trying to be Maurice. And it just didn't work for me. That's what That was the problem of one. Wasn't that before Maurice, though? No, Maurice was, was there a little bit. In that bubble, she was already on the main roster. Uh, maybe, or maybe she wasn't there. Again, it, it just shows you how bad I am with my library. My library of the two thousand tens is really off. But the the one thing that was off with Oksana is she wanted to be Maurice or another Russian girl, or she was trying to be Lana before Lana was even there. That's the problem. Number two, the problem with the Abraham Washington show was I was waiting for Tony Atlas to for his. Uh, 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 uh. Oh. That's the only thing that I loved about the Abraham Washington show on ECW or WWECW was Tony Atlas's gut-wrenching Laugh. laughter that, that made it watchable for me. But
1: I was hoping that when I saw Abraham come on, I'm like, okay, this is going to be good, and it's going to show me why they put his ass on TV every week mm-hmm. as bad as that was. It was just as bad. The way he interacted with, what's her name, Carmelita, whatever you called her, the way he interacted Katrina. with her, getting jealous of him, talking about the other one, then his spot that he did with Gabriel, which must be why Justin Angel was Justin Angel, mm-hmm. uh, that was terrible, both of them, not just right. Isaiah. But what, what did he end up getting fired for? Didn't he say something, like an OJ joke or something? He probably
0: says something on you know, sci-fi again. When you're on sci-fi and you say something and it's a publicly traded company, Reflectionites, you're going to have to pay the consequences. Whether you or I d- don't like that, T.W., you know, you know, he's trying to be funny. But then, you know, that PC is getting, you know, that was the inklings of PC. And now we're already into, you know, a lot of people call it cancel culture right now today. But it's just overly PC to the hundredth, umpteenth degree. So that's just what I look at it. So it, you're, you're probably right. But Abraham Washington, this was one example of FCW of the transition to something on the on the bigger platform. The only change in variation was he got a set on, in the ring and he, he was added a co-star or a co-host with Tony Alice. But nothing changed with Abraham Washington. He was the only thing like Alberto Banderas. He changed his character. Justin Gabriel. I mean, Justin Angel turned into Justin Gabriel. Skip Sheffield turned into Ryback. Abraham Washington was Abraham Washington. Nothing changed with him. That is, to me, ultimately surprising. And probably you could give me examples of, no, no, Professor, there's other wrestlers that probably went from indies or the, you know, these little localized things and didn't change in the main roster. But I can't think off the top of my head, T.W. I mean, Abraham, I looked at Abraham Washington like nothing changed. Really nothing changed. What say you, T.W., about that? surprising to I,
1: me i'm stunned that he got put on the, I, it's he's bad it's, it's like, <laughs> like that that would that, that you picked the perfect episode to just everything he did did not work from how he was hitting on oxana uh to how that eli cottonwood guy came out which i kind of remember him on raw or smackdown but not for long mm-hmm. um and Axana just—he—he he didn't know how to lead her as an interviewer. She was dead in the water. That guy come out said weird shit, and Washington just made fun of it. But then he said a. Something about, he goes, this is the only cheetah I wouldn't mind eating me? And he goes, yeah, I said it. I said it. That's the only thing I paw for. But then he just ignored the girl was on his arm, so I had no idea who she was or why she was there. I assumed it was this girl, and that's why she was getting mm-hmm. mad at him. So he didn't say something. Or a, administrative assistant or right? executive and assistant. And then that whole segment with that Gabriel guy, who I'm assuming wrestled under a mask as Mr. FCW, um and and it could have been bad writing or there was good writing and he just botched it when he did his version of it because he's telling the guy you shouldn't I, be here. I am
0: surprised that even though this is not live or this was tape delay, this was like right. tape, like they didn't edit this to make it look good. This right. look like and the fans didn't care about this segment. If you really no. watched the reflection, I No I'm reaction sorry.
1: from the crowd at all. And uh, the the. Oh, Prosperity, Michigan. I thought I said Prosperity is bringing my subway to my kids. I'm like, someone named your kid Prosperity? So anyways, um, the crowd just didn't care, but the, the whole thing made no sense because he just, in the middle of talking to Eli Cottonwood, just turned and then mm-hmm. said, hey, is that who I think it is? I told you not to come here, but I bought a ticket, you know, the oldest thing in the book. And he says, I'll tell you what, if Mr. FCW beats my good man Frankenstein here, Eli Cottonwood, I'll reinstate you. He didn't even ask him to do it. There was no—he's supposed to be mad at him for being there, and then says, and "Hey, nobody popped, nobody, nobody pop. crap." And he's a guy who never made it to Raw that I know of. And then that eight-man match had some dude that came out with like Billy Gunn boots on. Uh, oh wait, wait, King's wait,
0: wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me let me give it the names out here. Okay, for this was called the Super Eight Number One Contenders Match. To become the again the number one contender to Justin Gabriel, aka Justin Angel, for the for the SCW Heavyweight Championship, the combatants were Brett DiBiase, TW, yep. Kurt Hawkins, first one out, Brett DiBiase, Dylan, Dylan Klein, that guy, Heath Slater, aka Heath Miller, Joe Henning, aka uh, Michael McGillicuddy, Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, and Tyler Rex. These are the eight, I guess. Uh, Pillars of uh, or the young faces, the the young prospects, if you will, of FCW, who would, who supposedly the formula the TW, these eight guys, they are supposed to take over Raw and SmackDown for the next ten years, and from this Super Eight, the only one that stayed is nobody. Nobody was there. The I guess the
1: longest was curt uh, Kurt Hawkins before he got Kurt released. Hawkins, who who who's wrestling? like Matt or Jeff Hardy here, the denim jeans with the white hole belt. Mm -hmm. And he looked like him and Heath Slater, at some points I got mixed up. He looked like a three-man band guy or Mm one-man band. Weird weird stuff. I was waiting for Zack Ryder to come out because they signed together. They they legit started out together and signed with WWE at the same time. So when that Klein guy came out, I thought it was Zack, and then it wasn't. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? So how... How long after 2009 did the Edgeheads debut? I, I thought the Edgeheads so they, did in 2008. Okay, so this is post-Edgeheads. Yes. Okay, that makes sense.
0: And uh, TW, again, these the, the Super 8, these are eight supposedly untapped potential competitors, untapped potential contenders that hopefully again like i said would take over raw and smackdown and you know help you know the the train of wwe go along for the next 10 years nobody's left tw even someone like joe henning who wait well well he's Wade. in the exact same spot he's yeah but <laughs> we're not talking about we're talking about people in the ring Wade barrett right. you know whatever i guess he has debilitating injuries well his body is he's really to brittle themselves. Mm -hmm. Bernardo
1: Del Rio did it to himself because they even brought his ass back. Mm -hmm. Um, Trent, he's in AEW, isn't he?
0: Yes, he's in AEW. Best
1: friends or whatever their dumb tag team's called. Mm -hmm. Um, PJ Black was Ring of Honor. So at least some of them are still around. Um, Right.
0: But I'm not talking about, you know, going finding other work. I'm talking about they're supposed to be the guys, the main guys to be in WWE, the headline pay-per-views. Ryback
1: did it to himself. Uh... Michael Tarver had no business ever getting called out. We can be honest now. The, like he never had it. He had a look, he looked like Michael Spinks. That's about it. And and th- that's it. He's what if, we, what if what
0: if we flip Michael Tarver and Abraham Washington? It was the Michael Tarver show and he was the commissioner and Abraham Washington was it is in Nexus. Would it change your mind?
1: That's <laughs> Michael Tarver has no charisma. Like I can't even imagine someone giving him a microphone because when he ever did talk it was terrible
0: i am just i'm just asking because you just had the faith see this now reflection guys this is a reason to watch this on youtube look at tw's face when i asked him that simple question because he's really thinking hard about this one either he was thinking hard or i punished him for washington thinking about this. did
1: start out as a wrestler like byron saxton right like yeah, byron saxton literally was like he had a he um, was in Byron Saxton was has was Bobby Lashley, half John Cena, like but he yeah. just must not have wrestled very well because they No, made he him was, like, he like, was in he was in the second
0: class of NXT. The one after uh, Wade Barrett won. The second class. He was why wrestling.
1: is he uh SCW commentating? I have no idea. That's I what I he, don't understand about Wade Barrett either. They must have both been hurt, but Byron's a good commentator. Like he's he's the 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 fall guy. Like the jokes are always against him, like when they brought that pizza out. Damn, mm-hmm. so I no, the pizza was the pay per view. As I said, right. maybe I did watch <laughs> Raw twice, but uh, you probably did. I want some pizza. and I'm like, it's right next to you. <laughs> just mm-hmm. eat it. But uh, I, I, I like Byron Sexton a lot. But I seen because I think he wore the shorts like Billy Gunn and Bobby Lashley before Lashley went to pants and Cena before he went to the M&M look. But mm-hmm. he just he had a good good look. But he's he's polished like like Coach is a good guy for the role he did. And then when he turned him heel, it kind of ruined it because he's heel, right? Like but Byron he, cannot do a heel. His fa- no, but but and that's what almost ruins him is he's the slappy, but but he's polished. Like when like like by uh, I just seen uh he's not on He's not on Fox Sports, but Coach, I think he's either on NFL Network or he's on He used to be on ESPN, but now he
0: like, has his now, own he has his own podcast. He's doing his own thing. No, but he's I not- saw
1: him anchor. He either covered soccer or he covered golf or so- I saw him covering something recently. He's not, not like, under oh, contract. He,
0: he he's not under contract. I know what you're talking about, but he's not under Maybe contract. But, yeah, he's freelancing. But he's got his own thing. But uh coach is doing his own thing. So TW, the winner of this Super Eight was Kurt Hawkins. So, you know, uh, Edgehead did win. But, again, Kurt Hawkins, who, when I see him in, uh, in Impact as Brian Myers, it, it is night and day. I think Kurt Hawkins is a name that kills him. So that, that's one thing for me. But You like him better as Brian Myers? At, you know the funny thing? Here's a good example of, of the localized, centralized thinking that the professor has. I saw, you know, Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, in this little localized promotion called Russell Pro a couple of years ago before he came back to, to WWE with himself and uh, Zach Ryder as that tag team. Russell Pro is in Jersey. It's in the tri-state area of TW. And he had a great it was a great heelish gimmick. He he was carrying like a like a cane and stuff like yep, that. Yep, he was being yep. a heel in the dick. Then he comes back to WWE and then this is the problem because of my localized thinking I'm like, damn they ruined him. They ruined what I saw he from still that. A
1: damn cane.
0: He went on that losing streak, remember? Yeah, but the it just but the, the image, the presentation just didn't mesh with, with me because I saw him in that localized thinking and then I progressed that. That was my fault. I couldn't I couldn't variate from what he was doing in a localized uh setting to what he was supposed to do in the mainstream. I understood why he had to lose hundred times in a row. And then well, when I, it
1: ended with him winning
0: the tag belts. That was a good good little program. But I I guess the problem, T.W., let, let's try to put a bow with this because it correlates with anything. You've probably seen some people in the in the Detroit area. I know sometimes you always go back and forth with, with your man, Scott, the more you always. I think you always said you go to, like, Canada before COVID. Well, you went to Canada.
1: Gretchen and Trudeau fucking ruined it.
0: Yeah, before co- whatever. I'm not going into politics, but you did go up to Canada and you spent some time watching the yeah. young guys and gals, yeah, and you see yeah. some. Un- but if you saw your those young untapped potential guys and gals, and then you see them on Impact or you see them on WWE or you see them on AEW, and their presentation is so off that you say, "Damn, they're not. They don't even know what they, they don't even know what they're doing. That they're they're ma- they're missing the money." It's so like
1: when you see a job guy on Saturday morning superstars and his gear that he would wear at an indie show where he's champion mm-hmm. and the initials on the boots and the tights don't match the name they gave him when he's already in the ring. Right. You know, Chabella Bella Cruz and his tights have like RKO on them or something, which actually could be you because mm-hmm. it would just be fan tights. But, uh, but <laughs> like a, a guy that pops in my head who you just talked about, but they did use him pretty good. in um, and impact, and they also used them pretty good in the, uh, um, that breakout tournament, or the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, Tyson Dukes, he okay. he's an old acquaintance of mine. I always mm-hmm. pulled for him. He literally got offered a contract, went out and wrestled the dark match, blew his knee out, and when he got to the back step, and he said, "You know, we can't still give you that contract, right?" So he's out for a year or so. Then he had border problems. Then he's in that Cruiserweight Classic. You know who got his spot? Who? Drew Gulak. Oh, wow. Tyson was about to get re-signed, and that's when he had had, uh, visa problems, and they went with Drew Gulak, but Tyson was about to get signed. But he's someone that, when I see him on TV, he wasn't the same as he is when I see him at Border City, right? Mm -hmm. So, but me and him both got kicked out of Joe Louis Arena for the, The Monday Night Raw, the first one after September 11th, we were both there. He got kicked out. I got there, and they wouldn't even let me in. And then finally, uh, Edge was going to get me a friends and family pass, but I would have had to come back like hours later because they tightened up security. You couldn't be in the back without one of those lanyard things with the play card and and i asked Duke, because so i go dude i'll drive you home because he lives in canada he's like no i'm getting in there man i'm getting in there and to this day i've never asked him if he ever made it in but mm-hmm. but it was cool because edge came outside it was march too so it was cold he came outside and talked to me for about a half hour explaining to me you know hey it's different now you can't get back here without this thing he's like but i can get you a friend you like you know how there's that section where they almost pander to it on TV because they know everybody. It's people's friends and family section. So mm-hmm. I could have done that. I'm like, nah. I go, I came to see you and Larry. I go, I got to see you guys. I'm good. I go, have a good show. i watch on TV. So I didn't want to go back downtown three, four hours mm-hmm. later because I got there early in the day. Right. Off obviously hoping that they'd use me. And that's what Dukes was trying to do, trying to get used as like a Undertaker Druid or something like that. But it's a different mm-hmm. day in 2002. That was March right. of 2002. <laughs> I get you. But again,
0: to put up a bow in this, everybody looks different in a localized setting, and then in the main setting. And sometimes we cannot differentiate, or maybe we can't separate because we feel as fans, maybe we're the hardcore fans that we are reflectionites that they're not being used right. It's missed opportunities. You're you could make billions if you do it if you do it the way we see it right. at the localized setting. And sometimes that just does not work and with that being said reflection nights we close on this episodic episode of fcw from november 29th 2009 12 years ago tw i mean i i have gray hairs in my november head
1: 29? yeah november 29th 2009 so it's, it's, so it's literally 12 years to the day almost
0: I almost it was
1: november 9th it was 09 that's right
0: yeah 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 so
1: tw give
0: out those socials so we can get out of here
1: uh, the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. You can find them at the PWC Network at podbean.com. Our good man, Big Veto, is Big Veto Brand at Wixsite.com, That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E. Uh, or Patreon.com backslash The Big Veto Brand. Uh, our man, Big Ray, uh, at Big Ray Hernandez on the Twitter. Our men obi one or not obi one, but p, how you say the p one jb jb? We had contact with him today. There's hope that he's going to return in the future. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at, at the p one jb. Um, please, please tweet him and tell him to come back to the show. We'll even mm-hmm. do a show for him just so he comes back. Uh, our show is obviously at pw reflection, uh, and then you have me. I have at Tommy 119 nineteen. That's where I school people when they don't know what they're talking about on politics and then at the Tommy Wonder. My Snapchat is at number one. I don't know if there's no at, but number wonder, facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then you have Dum Dum Duel and an Idiot on YouTube. And to talk about Kirk Moppy, he was an awesome awesome, awesome, awesome uh, sport about everything. I spent most of the night talking him into doing it because he was going to back out. And then he said he wasn't. Uh, it was for charity while he was there. He ended up bartending. Uh, my buddy Matt, who's one of the Dumb Dumbs, he went for the cheap heat and wore an Edmonton Oilers hoodie uh, and mm-hmm. I pointed it out to Maltby and he goes, hey man, it's near to my heart. I go, it's called pandering. And he laughed or whatever. Um, we were supposed to do shots of Pink Whitney, which is a uh, type of liquor that was, I think, made by Ray Whitney, who was an NHL retired player. And then picked up by Amsterdam Liquor. We were going to do that. But mm-hmm. he didn't want like video or pictures of him drinking out there. You know, it's it's a family business. Uh, so we did the, the One Ship Challenge 2.0. Him and Stacy handled it like champs. Stacy had some hiccups right away. But you're supposed to go about five minutes without drinking. And I thank you for putting me over. But not only was I the first to drink. I toasted. I said, hey, I voluntarily lose. And I drank my drink. That was CGI. You know? That was CGI reflection. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. lying. So I drank my drink, then I stole Stacy's drink, and then I drank more of her drink by pouring it in mine, and then I grabbed Matt's milk, which milk is disgusting, and I started chugging milk like Kurt Angle because my mouth was so bad, it was so on fire, and Mm -hmm. I don't know why I do these things, but the next one we're doing is soon, and I've got a new girl because you gave me the week off for uh, Thanksgiving. I went on multiple dates with her, and now we're just progressing nicely, so she's meeting my friends at one of the videos we're going to do. I didn't tell her that part yet. And we're eating as many Taco Bell tacos as we can in five minutes. Which is not going to hurt my mouth as far as heat. But it's going to hurt someone's toilet later. So that's no, that's um, me. <laughs> if you put the spicy
0: sauce on
1: the taco. Well, we could, but like I, I already told them, like I'm not getting lettuce and tomato on mine. It's going to add cheese, sour cream, and hamburger. I'll throw some hot sauce on there. I don't care. My, my daughter Emily got me putting red hot on there. And okay. one day I asked her, I go, damn, Emily, I go, you don't mind this? She's like, dad, it's not that bad. And I go, how much you put on there? She's like, one or two drops. She goes, how much you put on there? I go, about eight. She goes, oh, dad, you can't put eight on there. I'm like, now nah, you tell me. So uh but it's it's fun. It's just your taste buds ain't the same for a week. Then you don't know if you got covid or just aftermath of eating hot foods. Gotcha.
0: All right and and for the reflection, as you can follow me on my Twitter at pwsoprof, that's p w s o prof and of course you can follow us on the pwso YouTube networks where hopefully this edition of the PWR podcast will be available on our YouTube streams and of course follow my brothers in arms okay. The man with the documents, Billy Ray Valentine, Mr. Infinite Fringe himself at Obi-Wan You Know Me, and of course, the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown at 8-Track Dastly. Next week, TW, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe episodic, maybe spotlights, maybe robberies, maybe, well, can't do Santa with muscles just yet, but, you know, I know you're looking forward to watching Santa with muscles, but we're going to do the no, that's Hogan. That Hogan. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's
0: Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's Hogan. That's that's another couple of weeks from in the month of December. So we're gonna, you know, sprinkle that in. Maybe another. So, uh, maybe
1: two we more had, weeks. You talked about his handle at T and Coop on there, but Josh Floberg, he's the guy we need to get on JB and and get him on here. He sent the the awesome gift of Andre the Giant dancing, and he's always sending us ideas on stuff to do and everything. Of so Josh, get JB back on the show, even if it's for one night only. Get him mm-hmm.
0: back. And we then, will do that. Yeah. And of course, uh, shout outs to,
1: you know, our reflection it and
0: Coupana, Josh Floberg. And, of course, all the reflection Michael night. You, they, they, you, they're heavy on the Twitters. You know who you are, and we love y'all to death. And for that, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Th- Mister Envy of the DW Duos, T.W., Tommy Strong, a.k.a. Tommy One is saying good night, and we'll see you next time here at
1: the PWR Podcast. Are you dabbing? JB. J- I, I meant to do Boomerang Eddie Murphy, but I wouldn't fit in the screen, so I had to dance. Oh, okay. JB, JB, JB. See you next time, J-B. Reflectionites.